0: Welcome to Talking Tuesdays. I am your host, Fancy Quant, and today we're gonna talk about some advice for entrepreneurs and startups, just in general here, right? Some good old advice here. Things I've kind of learned, somewhat kind of to wrap up a lot of the season and the series here. Um, Let's just kick this off with my first piece of advice, which is education is not everything. Okay, so this is gonna play into, of course, the, the big narrative that Elon Musk talks about a lot, which is you don't need... You know, all this education a lot of times to do things. You can train people and employees. And by this, you have to think about this as two parts. So again, this isn't necessarily specific to Quant Finance, right? We require a minimum of a master's degree, for example. I've talked about that. Um, some industries, you want a minimum, right? If you're gonna hire an engineer, I sure hope you hire someone with at minimum an undergrad degree, right? Someone who's been professionally trained in this. Uh, if you have designations, you're gonna need all these. But a lot of times like business roles, business positions, startup companies, you're not gonna be able to afford really good people, okay? So this is gonna be one of these crux of the problem here, which is you have a startup company. um, Another big piece of this for startups is you're a lot better off hiring an expert to run an entire team than you are to hire a team of experts and then put a general manager in, right? It'll seem odd because you'll probably be paying the expert manager or whoever's running the whole team um, again find someone that's not just a manager but has all the <laughs> expertise in doing all the job. If you can find someone though, which is super rare, but if you can find someone, pay them good money to have the top and then let them do the training on the bottom piece here. And what I mean by this is you don't need to go out and hire, so let's say, I don't know. Let's say you hire me to run your firm, right? And you're going to hire me to run, let's say a quant let's say an operations division for manufacturing and everything. So this is a whole separate piece for my my day job in quant finance, but Let's say I go back to this startup business here and you hire me, You okay, Dimitri is an expert on operations here. He understands the data, the analytics to drive this all. He's also done all the hands-on manufacturing, right? He can run these things inside and out in his sleep. You'd be better off paying me a really big salary and then having me bring in people and saying, hey, we want to bring you in as an expert, but we want you to train people. Okay, this is the big, big piece here for the business side and the startup side. If you can get a one or two experts in there, and a lot of times these experts are, should be the person starting the firm, starting the business, but you're never going to be able to do everything on your own, okay? Most startups are going to fail because they don't have enough expertise, employees, and time and resources. Um, so again, the company I worked for failed miserably because we didn't have enough people to run everything. So there was like a, two, three of us a lot of times at most, they were running the entire business operation, saying from sales, marketing, product development, operations, like, we just didn't have enough people with enough expertise, and even if we had the expertise, we didn't have the time. But you're better off hiring some of these experts and getting them in there, and then having them bring in employees at a good value, at a good cost, and then training them. So for example, for manufacturing on that side, I hands down prefer to hire someone with no experience because I can train them from the ground up. So again, typically we'd look for people that were younger. Uh, we hired, for example, some convicts as well. So people that have been in the prison system who turned out to be amazing employees. Um, again, you're looking for really good people that can learn and are smart and can adapt those skills. If you can do that, you can get really good values here. So you can hire people right with no expertise, so they sh- shouldn't be expecting to make all this extra money, being an expert. You bring them in at a lower price. You train them to do exactly what you want, exactly what you want it done. Um, again, you need that expert manager to kind of guide everybody, do the training and get everyone going. But you can save a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of headaches by doing this. Uh, but most startups will not do this because A, they don't have the resources, meaning they'll waste a bunch of money on hiring all these so-called experts all the way across the firm. So they waste money on people they shouldn't have wasted money on. Um, or they're gonna waste resources and stuff in the sense that they're going to try to spread themselves too thin. And so they just, they can't get enough traction with these businesses here. And so what ends up happening is you have a bunch of money, right? And you don't want to pay a bunch of people. So you're going to do everything yourself. And then at the end of the day, you just kind of fail on everything and you end up burning up these resources over time. Um, again, you might last longer, right? You might last five years, seven years, whatever, but you're not going to do very well. Whereas if you would have spent the money up front that you had, to really get the value generation, that capital generation and profitability going, you could have gotten to a better level faster. All right, and the second tip, trick here, right, for startups, things I've learned, is keep a very close eye on your financials and know where your, kind of your fail point is, right? Um, so I've seen startup companies, like the one I worked for, started with a bunch of capital, got more capital, ended up burning through a lot of it, and then it was to the point where it had that negative value. So, Right, It's not like you have like $100, for example, and then you burn through it and you have $0. It's you literally took out loans, so debt, so get into capital here, not the investment piece, but the debt piece, Uh, you took on more debt or you have more liabilities on top of it than you're actually worth. So it's extremely dangerous position to be in. Again, trying to weigh these things out. So a lot of times you might not have cash on hand, but you might have this really big accounts receivable set up. So again, you're still valued at a positive value. But you need to figure out where is the bail point. Because I think a lot of startups start, um, a lot of them quit too early, right? Which is one big piece. But the ones that do have this mentality, they're going to do it past, I think like it's seven years or seven and a half years. There's some number like that. I see a lot online. People say, if you can make it for like seven years or seven and a half years, you know, the chance of you being successful is like 90% or like 99% or something ridiculous. Um, When you're losing money and it's not working, uh, you need to figure out where you cut your losses, and then you can just go and do something else. So I know this is really hard for people that are in startups, entrepreneurs, right? It's your business, it's your baby, all your time and efforts put into this. Um, but it is a lot better to get out with something, or right? So let's say you put in, I don't know, $100,000, it's better to get out with like $10,000 at the end of the day than it is to owe all this extra money. And yes, a lot of times, for example, taxes don't get written off in bankruptcy. So you could still be personally liable even in a corporation where you're separated from the business. There are scenarios and cases where you would still owe money back um, even though the business itself is bankrupt and you closed it, you personally, as well as the other board members uh, could be personally liable for that. Uh, now that being said, that leads me to my third point here, which is be careful who you get into business with. Can't emphasize this enough. So a lot of people get all excited, and they're like, oh, I'm gonna be a chief risk officer, a chief financial officer, or a chief HR officer, whatever, at this new startup, and it's exciting, it's thrilling, and they go on and on and on about it. Okay, these executives, so when you're an executive, you are personally liable for many things within that firm. Okay, um, also this comes back to the board of directors. The board of directors also have some legal exposure to the firm, so again, If you take risks or employees do things that aren't ethical and you don't even know about it, you are still liable for it. Uh, This is why, for example, now with like taxes and IRS, they have presidents sign off on uh, like the 11, I think it's 1120s, um, 1020s, 1120, I think it's 1120. Uh, The tax form that you submit for a corporation, like a C Corp uh, for profitability, right? You have to sign off as an executive a lot of times and a president. So there are legal aspects in this. Now, why I warn about, you know, be careful who you get into business with. A lot of times you might get into business and say, let's say I'm, I don't know, Dimitri Bianco joins on as the chief financial officer. I'm all excited. And I don't realize and don't know the CEO and perhaps maybe like this, I don't know, chief of HR or something. They're out frauding people and committing crimes essentially with the business and screwing over customers, which is going to be a legal issue and a headache, okay? If that's the case and you don't realize it and you get in, all of a sudden you're liable for these same situations. And I've seen horror stories. So I've seen other podcasts, seen other forms and businesses um, where somebody got into business with someone else as an executive title, and then they got burned and got screwed over and they didn't do anything, right? They can even prove like I came in after the fact, here's all these emails, me trying to convince them to do otherwise. But at the end of the day, the business did this, that, and the other, and it was illegal. And so you're gonna be legally liable for that. So be very, very careful who you join uh, when you, join in one of these kind of executive titles. right? achieve something or you're on a board, for example, of a corporation, there are legal aspects to this that you will be held to uh, in courts. The next piece of advice here is don't forget to have fun. So I'm gonna wrap this whole thing up with this point here. Um, I see a lot of times startups get so serious and they're so dove into their work, right? And it makes sense because you're gonna work a ton of hours if you're gonna make it successful. Um, But a lot of times you start forgetting why you're doing the business, right? So profitability is one point, but a lot of times you're starting a business because you want to help somebody, whatever, right? Whoever's your customer. So if you provide a service or a product, right? So for our business here, we wanted to provide precast concrete restrooms and storage facilities, for example, um, to all these different government agencies, cities, states, counties, federal, all that type of stuff, because we saw this need for it. And it was amazing to see customers that would buy it and go, wow, your product lasts. 10 times longer than everybody else's, and yet the cost of this thing is really cheap. And it's aesthetically pleasing, meaning it looks really good. So I love the fact that we had textures on these buildings. So for example, it's concrete, which you think about gray, hard, cold, dense concrete. When uh, you have this cool restaurant, right? We've had ones where they've had like a, I think it was like a salmony y color. So it sounds bad, but it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, <laughs> it had like a salmony colored building and it had like a green roof, like a dark green forest green roof. But the roof was textured to look like a steel roof, right? But it's concrete, so you can't shoot bullet holes through it. And yes, so for the restroom business here, people love to vandalize and destroy restrooms. I don't know why. Um that'd be a whole other topic here. But uh anyways, it's textured and it looks like steel. Uh the body of the building itself, we had I think it was barnwood, so it's textured to look like barnwood. So it has like all like the wood grain in it and everything. Um Again, we have all these cool textures and everything and colors, so it makes it exciting and bright. Uh, and people love these things because they look different, right? It looks like it's, like we have block texture, for example. We had stucco, we had veneer stone. Uh, we had barnwood, as I mentioned. For roofs, we had cedar-shaped roofs and we had like metal roof textures. I think we've done some tile or another competitor of ours did tile before, but you can do all kinds of stuff with concrete. But don't forget to have fun. Don't forget also who your customer is and who you're adding value for. So a lot of times you're so into the numbers and trying to make things work. Just make sure you're honest by your customers. Trust me, in the long run, you're gonna need good solid customers by your side. You don't wanna be put in a bad situation here. But in general, don't forget to have fun. If you make it fun and you keep it lively, even though it's going to be stressful and, you know, pure hell in many situations, your employees are going to be excited to work there. They're going to stick with you even when you can't pay them as, you know, on time or even if you have some snags or some delays, um, they don't mind working some extra hours, getting some things done. So those are my tips and tricks for new entrepreneurs and startup companies. Uh, If you like this podcast and this YouTube video here, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And as always, until next time.